Welcome to Nerd News Now for July 13th, 2020. Miss Jen, is it still 2020? Is it still July? I don't know what day or week or month it is. Or year. Hypothetically, someone posted a meme last week that cracked me up so bad. It was, uh, what if 2020 is just the trailer for 2021? Yeah, uh, well... Here's the problem with that, though, because trailers are typically under fire for giving away the best parts of the movie. So if that's the case, we're screwed. I mean, if that's the case. Uh, so I got Miss Jen with me, of course. And today we have a very special guest from the Woodlands, Texas, but in Santa Monica, California. It's Justin Harder. Justin, welcome to Nerd News Now and the Kingdom of Geekdom. Yo! Hi. Thank you for uh, having me, guys. Thank you for oh, having no me. Problem. So yeah. I know... I, I know uh, a little bit about you as far as in uh, you're from the Woodlands and you live in California, which I just said. Uh, plus, your name is Justin. Plus, there's this thing called Kloss Studios. So tell us about that and graphic design. Yes. Well, the reason that Jen and I, Miss Jen and I over here have become so close over the years in regards to I used to say, hey, can I come out for free comic book day? And she's like, OK. And I would come out. And it's because I worked on some comic book movies that she knew of and that folks knew of and really loved. And so, uh, yeah, I went to the Woodlands High School, went to Sally K. Ride, went to Cooper, went to York then, then over the Woodlands, uh, McCullough, then the Woodlands High School. Um, yeah, moved there in 84 and actually filled in the, uh, the Lake Woodlands. I remember the day that Bigfoot was there. Cool deal. Fire hoses out there. It's like that's the only memory I have of my childhood right there. Just filling in the lake, lake woodlands with Bigfoot. That's all I got. Uh, now tell, but tell us uh, specifically about uh, Claw Studios and the movies that you mentioned that you've worked on. I know Deadpool is one of them. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I came out here in 2011 to do freelance for all the studios uh, that I thought. Uh, I was working in Dallas full time for seven years at a place called Real Effects. Really cool house. They did the Book of Life. They did. Uh, they just recently did one, uh, the Scooby Doo movie. So. Um, I left there, though, thinking I wanted to work on the, the get more of the studios that I really enjoyed, like commercial wise, and hopefully get my chance at some movies. And uh, and I was able to work on the, the first one was Thor The Dark World, where I pitched that uh, style with a place called Blur. And uh, that's run by Tim Miller, who directed Deadpool. And so I got in with them in terms of like they relate my illustration styles. They knew that I could kind of handle some different styles and hopefully be good in the pocket when they had different different uh, concepts that needed to have handled and they didn't want to go and get 15 artists. So, so yeah, the first one I put, pitched on was Thor The Dark World and, and they went with it and I jumped for joy and I did 65 paintings and then two years later they go, Tim goes, hey, Justin, are you ready to do Deadpool? And I go, huh? He goes, well, you got to pitch on it because I'm still having some other guys pitch on it too. And I go, ah, some friend, some friend. Thanks, buddy. And so I still had to you know, obviously, it, I came up with this little stick figure guy concept, and Tim goes, that's it. That's what I want. And so off and running, two weeks later, I only had to work two weeks on it, wrote all the jokes for it, and then uh, thought I was going to get a chance to, and then it came out, and it just it just killed. And so thought I was going to get a chance to do Deadpool 2 with them, but Reynolds and Miller hated each other at the time, and then he Reynolds knew I was Tim's guy, and so it wasn't really up to me but then i got to come back and do the deadpool 2 steelbook which was really gnarly but yeah pitched on avengers endgame um pitched on avengers number two thor ragnarok um captain marvel and so it's really cool to to be in the in the capacity where somebody calls you up to help them flesh out a title sequence and then what are you doing now obviously in a time where movie production is completely shut down uh, especially out there what are you doing to get through uh this pandemic in quarantine. Uh, yeah, so that, that's one aspect of my business at Klaus. Uh, it's it's very much, we, we work on both titles for films. When I say we, I mean like, I will if I get a full project then, like for the Book of Life that was uh, done by Fox, I'll hire out and get animators to help us out and we'll jam it out and produce the whole thing. Um, but I also do commercial stuff. And so I did the U.S. Army uh, National Campaign this year uh, the design that that entire campaign for six different cities and then just jumped on overwatch for the past two months for their fall esports um, either play o overwatch world league i should say so 
I know all the cities, know all the players now. So it's been really cool. And it's all very much like comic-y style, which is great. It's it's like super Kirby-ish, like massive proportions, really elongated. And uh, it, it feels like my knowledge, my knowledge and like all the practice I've done with like figure drawing over the years has really turned into this Overwatch thing, which is which I can't wait for people to see because the animation's looking really sick. It's all in cell and uh, and I'm proud of it. So yeah, so you go between com commercials and and uh, and entertainment and films like that because yeah, you can't work on films all the time. Right. My favorite, my secretly my favorite thing that you do are your squints. Good. That's very nice. Thank you. Got a series of books and art that he does. Famous characters and people, but it looks like their eyes are squinted, like you know, uh, Brock from Pokemon. <laughs> yes. 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 Very Clint Eastwood esque. Yes. And kind of like uh, elongated proportions and very gestural. And uh, and those, I actually just pitched on a Kawhi Leonard spot for Honey, where um, the Honey app I wasn't really familiar with, but I guess a lot of people use it to get discounts and stuff. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to use it now. Sounds awesome. And uh, anyway, Kawhi Leonard, the, the place asked me to draw like that, Jen. Oh, perfect. It was sick. Now that's uh, Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers? Yep. Yep. So it, it's really cool to be able to work on some guys that, you know, I wish I could get some Rockets jobs. I was going to do some stuff for the Strohs to, uh, last year. I was actually talking with the Strohs um, head of marketing about doing squints for each and every game of the playoffs. And it turned out they wanted to have something done in like out, out in the streets. And so they hired a muralist with the budget that they're going to have me do uh, an online like marketing thing like like. Every game, we're going to take the, the key moment that happened in the game, and I was going to draw it. And I was like, oh, man, I, love, I wish that wouldn't have happened, but we'll get him next time. So, uh, I, I think you should make uh, next time this time, because during the pandemic, hello, I mean, they're going to probably want to hire someone that's encompassed safely. So that would reach that. <laughs> that's really true. I need to hit them up again. Uh, plus, sure. uh, you'd only have to do – you could do the whole season, and it would be 60 this time. So it would, it would never, it's never going to be uh, this workload again. Um, so which, which, straight, straight back up to 162 next year. Which to me, I think, I think a 60 game season is about right. Honestly, <laughs> like baseball so long. It, it's ridiculous. It's like it, it's six months long. There's 30 teams, not even half the field makes it. And then you have hockey and basketball where over half the field makes it. And it's the 82 and 84 game season, respectfully. And then obviously football is only 16 games. Now football probably more brutal physically. But yeah, I, I would say if, if baseball could somehow agree to even cut down to 148, I mean, that would be a big win. But, but we'll see with that. And hopefully, hopefully the season still happens because it's like they're not going to do the bubble thing. So the Astros are about to travel out you know, to the West Coast, uh, I think the second week of the season. And it's okay. like, well, I don't know how the travel is going to work because they both of those places might be locked down and require two-week two quarantines. So we will, uh, we will see. But um, so that's a little bit about you. But now we really want to know the important stuff. So we're going to have a nerd initiation, if that's okay. Um, <laughs> so here we go. Uh, here we go with that. Uh, so, Justin, uh, question one, Star Wars or Star Trek? And just to preface, there are no wrong answers, but it's just sort of the same way where, yeah, you're allowed free speech, but you may not be free from the consequences of that speech. But anyway, no pressure. Number one, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. That one's that was easy for me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And in doing my research, I saw you tweet out a couple pictures of Harrison Ford. So I probably could have guessed that one. But today is his birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Han Solo. Yes. I, I actually, he walked in front of me. And on that tweet, I put that in there. But he, this is one of the coolest only name droppings I'll do here because it was ridiculous. But he walked in front of me out of a store. I held the door for him. He looked like he should look. Like you would maybe see some people sometimes you're like, ah, dang it. They don't look like the movies. He looked like a freaking movie star. Like you could tell that's he is who he is because of this reason. Anyway, I go, howdy, Harrison. And he just walked on by. 
<laughs> I go, did I not say it loud enough? My buddy goes, he like looked at me like, I can't believe you said something. I'm like, I can't believe you didn't say anything. Why are you, you gotta, we gotta, come on, man. Like he knows that we know that who he is. Like there's, I didn't ask for his autograph. I just said hi to him and he just walked on. Then we just walked him. we watched him go across the street and I was like, yeah, that's cool. I'm going to start walking like that. That's really cool. Yeah. So there's Harrison. So Star Wars. Plus my nephew is all about it right now. He's four and he's like, I'm Chewbacca, Yoda. And he does all the lines. I'm like, this is crazy. Good job for my little brother to get him involved in this so early. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the easy franchise to get latched onto just because of the sheer volume of it. I mm. mean, it, on every facet of our lives, really. Just everywhere. Did y'all uh, like the last one? I did, yeah. Yes. I did. Yes. Miss Jen? Uh, Jen, what about you? What was your thoughts on nine? Um, <laughs> here's, here's the funny thing. You guys are going to laugh at me. My husband thinks it's hilarious, too. So I have this weird ability to, I'll be watching a movie, and when it gets to fight scenes, they're all the same, right? So I sleep through them. So I, like, naturally wake up as soon as the fight scene's over. So if there's a lot of fight scenes in a movie, I don't really think that it has any kind of storyline to it. So I'll just be like, oh, I guess that was an okay movie. <laughs> I was asleep through most of it, I guess. Girls got to sleep where she can. I hear you. I understand that. Make the action mean something and make it fun. That's that, a lot of the Marvel movies have such fun action scenes, you know. But yeah, I understand. Yeah, Miss Jen probably knows the difference between all twenty-five Bond movies, and I think there's only one. So, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, here, here's another big one. Number two, Marvel or DC. Uh, I'm not con contractually, uh, you know, I can't say either way. <laughs> just say, I don't want to lose out on any work here. I don't want to say image or dynamite, boom, whatever. Yeah, any, with, all of it, both. You can select both. Well, let's go with image. Yeah, that was that's what got me into comics in '92, '93 for sure. That was like the big one. Was it Spawn? It was actually, yeah. It was all. It was all, yeah. Wildcats, Youngblood, Spawn. I have, I just was looking for him the other day. I mean, I had a run up. I had a run pretty deep until until Capula came on Spawn. I had all those, and I'm like, oh, who's this new guy? He just apes McFarland. Like, I don't like this guy. So I got stopped doing that. But yeah, the Liefeld stuff. It's just outrageous now to look at the stuff, and it's so cool that I don't know. It's so and I have them all still. It's so awesome. Yo, yeah, but probably Marvel. That being said, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> It's a shame that Capullo's career never took off. <laughs> That's right. That's right. After that, right. Um, okay, and let's go with a third big one. Lord of the Rings or anything that's interesting? <laughs> well, clearly we see where you where you where you, where you feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a Dragonlance. That was if they, they made a Dragonlance movie. I'm on board, and I think they were like they never get Dungeons and Dragons right. Like when they bring it to the big scope, and it's like do the first three Dragonlance, you know, Dragons of Autumn, Breeze, or Summer Wind, or whatever the hell it was called. But the red one, I'm like that was so good. It's just uh, I'm I'm just not a really big fan of of walking or volcanoes. I mean, if I'm going to watch a movie about volcanoes, I watch Joe and the Volcano. And then if I'm going to watch a movie about walking, I watch any other movie. You gotta understand. Yeah, it's one of the, one of the series. I've just, I've never, I've never been able to stay awake successfully in any of them. Did you like the Game of Thrones? Oh, I loved it. What was the difference to you between betwixt those two? Um, probably just <laughs> the, the action. I mean, for for one, for one, you're looking at like what fifty-two to fifty-seven minute increments. That's one thing. Okay. So if I'm going to a theater and it's just guys talking about breakfast and then a second breakfast and then a ninth breakfast and then walking and walking and walking and they do this for three hours and then there's like trees that are alive but they walk. See on the game on Game of Thrones, those trees were alive but they didn't walk around. So at least they were rooted like trees are supposed to be. Uh, then the fact that you had 
Uh, just, I don't know, interesting characters and wolves. Don't forget wolves. You have to have wolves. Giant, dire-like wolves. Um, yeah, I mean, the, there's a lot. Game of Thrones had a lot of stuff in it. Um, I haven't fully come to accept the uh, final season only because I, I, I just, I don't think Daenerys was was done right by by that whole story. Mm-hmm. And I understand the whole aspect of you know th- that Targaryens, that's kind of their fate or their lot in life. But I don't know, it just seemed rushed for 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 a show that had been in production for so long. It was so rushed. And going back to other HBO series like Boardwalk Empire, like Sopranos, a lot of them, the buildup has just been so much better than the finale. And then the and and, and I'm someone who I absolutely love the Sopranos finale, which is not a popular opinion. But if you watch the premiere with the finale, it's a perfect two hour movie. I would say forget them all and just watch The Witcher. Wow, it's bold. Was that, I mean, do you think that the thing about The Witcher is it's, it's fresh, it's new, it's it's one season. So uh, get back to me after season seven. Fine. <laughs> so uh, you're recommending The Witcher, Jen? Oh, so good. Have you not seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. Oh, it's uh, one of those things that you just kind of expect you're going to watch it and think to yourself, oh, look, there's Superman with long white hair. But that's not what you think at all. What you think is, this is a hot, hot show. Oh, okay, right, right. Show, not dude, right. No, no, it's uh, it's more than that. It's got, uh, what you'll, you'll find is that uh, the hottest character there is a, a character called Yennefer, which when you meet her in the show, you won't believe me. But later on, you'll be like, ah, okay. You see it. That Cavill can act. He didn't get to do much at all in as Superman. I mean, yeah. at all. But if you watch him in that one by Guy Ritchie, mm-hmm. forgot the name of it. Yeah, the, the re- whatever it was. You know what I'm talking about with Army Hammer. He's freaking great. Yep. That dude's good. I agree with you. But is he going to be James Bond? What? Yeah. I. <laughs> I don't know that. Well, so which James Bond do you believe that is only the one? I want to go well, back. I, I mean, I mean, just in the same way where it's like what? there's one episode of Dragon Ball Z. Like they power up every single episode. That's it. Like what is the di- like? There's 900 episodes, but there's only one episode. Gotcha. Like oh, I've seen. Oh, which 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 episode of Dragon Ball Z have you seen? Oh, the one where he powers up all the time. Oh, you too. That's my favorite. The one where he powers up the entire 23 minutes. Now, uh, so, yeah, that's that's about it. Could you say that about Curb Your Enthusiasm? I could say that about Curb Your Enthusiasm, but that that show fills me with such a sense of dread for humanity that uh, <laughs> I really, I, I just hang on every episode. Uh, this season was fantastic. Yes, yes. I love where he was asked to doodle. Uh, yes. <laughs> that was the best because I've been asked to draw before and he, he was asked to draw or sketch. He saw some people's drawings and he goes, that, that's a sketch. Whatever. Like he goes all super like Larry David, but he, they're like, you're doodling. And he's like, it's a drawing. You know, I love that delineation. He's like, it's not good enough. He's like, it's charity. So good. Yeah, uh, the the whole yeah the whole season with the the spite store was just awesome. Yes, yes, like it was that was fantastic. Um, but yeah, so watch The Witcher. I'll wa- I should watch The Witcher. Here's the problem I had with The Witcher, Miss Jen. Okay. There is a deer that is in peril within the first minute of the movie, and it gave me like just flashbacks. The first movie I ever saw in the theaters was Bambi, and I was. Done. I was done for like five years. Were you worried about Atreus' horse or what? No, uh, no. Uh, well, that that was later. That's that's through the mud pits. Yeah. That that's as you've been eased into it. But like the Witcher, baby deer right off the bat. I can't do that. Ouch. I've never I've never that's seen the hurt. final scene of Old Yeller. I've never watched the. I just turn it off with like ten minutes to go. Do you have animals? That's the world I want to live into. I do not because I'm in an apartment right now, but I am an animal person. 
I just, I can't, I don't even like living in an apartment, so I can't bring animals into this situation. Like, I just don't think it's fair. People that do it, that's fine, and I know that they're codependent and they need their animals, the animals need them. I don't want to dissuade anyone from ever owning animals if they properly take care of them. I just know, like, this apartment, it is not the square footage required for an animal to have the utmost joy, so... Mm. But once I get a house with a backyard, yeah, I will I will have animals. Preferably a dire wolf. I was gonna say. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Straight so, to the top. <laughs> uh room to roam in Texas, let me tell you, with those yards, go for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now uh so we we talked about movies uh, a tad there. There's not a lot going on, obviously. Oh, um, one thing of note that is uh, fairly hilarious. Do you guys, are you aware of what won the box office this weekend? Oh, I do know this. It's Empire Strike Back, Strikes it Back. It was. Right? Isn't that crazy? Like, what is, like, where? As it should Everywhere. Be. Nationally. Yeah, it, 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 it won the box office. I mean, it was released uh, in 1,500 theaters. It made $641,000. Um, Ghostbusters was the winner the previous week for a five-day weekend, uh, and then a few a few weeks before that in June was Jurassic Park. So I think the strategy the strategy here is to uh, basically get people to theaters who have not seen these movies into theaters. So maybe by the time you know the the parents grew up watching these movies and now they have children, maybe eight, nine, ten, eleven years old and you feel safe to go to the theater, like, hey, I'm going to show you this on the big screen. Now, I, I personally can't really think of any movies I would go out and watch on the big screen right now. I mean, it's just not... I, I was on edge if someone sneezed or coughed in the theater before all this. Mm-hmm. But that's just my personality. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to leave the the seats and the spatial seating to everyone who really wants to go watch movies that came out uh, 40 years ago. But... Yes. It, uh, big quarantine for. What now? What, what I was wondering what what mo- what movie would Justin break quarantine for? Well, I was excited to see that Tenet maybe coming out, but I thought it was ridiculous they even put a date with the thing, or they tried to. But I like how Nolan put in theaters this summer. Like he really wanted to hit it home. Like coming to theaters. Listen, I don't care what you think. We're going to be there. And now it's like maybe not so much. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe a little too quick. That'd be I, think, I think it's currently at August 14th. So obviously if it moves one more time, it'll be moved out. But now, now did California officially shut things back down today? It's a freaking mess. It's a, it's an absolute joke. I don't know what's happening. They tell me, take your gloves off, put them back on, put it around, go back home. So yeah, it's all shut down. I don't know what that means, though, because a lot of things they say are shut down. I don't use like the governor put. He said that card rooms are closed. And I go, (laughs) and this is on a tweet. He said movie theaters, bars, card rooms. And I was about to say, no, not card rooms. Don't do that to us. I need to go do my old Western saloon style blackjack later on with my card room buddies. Like, What is what is that? So I don't know. We'll see. Are you sure he didn't mean Hallmark stores? That's the only card room I go to. Yeah, Papyrus. That's right. This is a bunch of papyruses. He calls yeah. out my name. Yeah. So, but no. And so, in fact, yes, it was Empire Strikes Back that won. So the other question is: so we've had Ghostbusters, we've had Jurassic Park, and Empire Strikes Back. What other movie from about that era? Well, I mean, really, anything twenty years or older? Do you think? What do you think could win the box office? Like, if the bar is six hundred fifty thousand on a five day weekend, what do you think they could release that people will go out and see on the big screen? Like something kind of family friendly, like Twister would probably do it. Twister might do it. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Yeah, that was probably what like ninety four or something like that. It's yeah. kind of another. It's kind of like another you know national emergency film. So I'm not really sure that people are going to be rushing to have more devastation but i was thinking like why don't they release rad to more people they put it on they're put on itunes i guess now it's a 4k restoration i saw a clip still looks terrible and i love it you know 
But like something like that would be fun. Well, I know. I know the thing. I know it. Big what is Greek wedding? Big yeah. Greek wedding. That would do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, never seen it. Never <laughs> seen it. Never. Seen it. I'm gonna capture. Watch it now. I'll put it right there with Witcher. Number one and two. <laughs> double date. Double feature. Drive it. I think it should be cool as ice. Sorry, Vanilla Ice. What? And no. I want to see, I don't, and I see if it can beat its original opening day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. Uh, but in all seriousness, probably Back to the Future would be the best bet. Uh, yeah, that's good. Pro- I mean, but but people sure. have seen that so many times, and it's been released so many times, and because you, you got to think, like at least here with Alamo Draft House, um, which who knows when that's coming back, but. Um, you've had all these theaters that show all the throwbacks, the classics, the the niche films for so long. But I like the Twister one because I feel like that is something that doesn't get a lot of second run. So I think that would work. I, I watched Close Encounters last weekend with my folks, and I hadn't seen it probably, honestly, since I've been, at, you know, old enough to appreciate that, right? Unbelievable effects for 77. Unbelievable art direction, design. But my mom had the best comment. After the movie was done, she goes, so the aliens come down and they bring back Richard Dreyfus." <laughs> I'm like, wow, zinger. That's, that's, that's it right there. That's it right there. I mean, uh, I don't know. He was, he was really good at surviving shark attacks. Maybe that's what they went ba- based off of. I don't know. Yeah. But, awesome. Yeah. So I saw that at the uh, Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Have you ever been able to see a screening there? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Un- unbelievably cool time. It was during Halloween, I think we all went for something. That was Psycho. Yes. So great. Yeah, it's just such a, it's such a good experience. Um, outdoors, obviously. Uh, but just the, with that weather there, that's always amazing. But yeah, the Close Encounters Third Kind was a great movie to see in that environment for sure. But Back to the Future that you called out might be the perfect film. I mean, people, I mean, it really moved. There was no fat. It moved so well. And I actually got to see uh, the, the cinematographer uh, over here at um, Aero Theater about a year ago as a Dean Van Gundy, uh, something like this. But anyway, he did Big Trouble in Little China also. And so, like, this guy's resume is ridiculous. And he was talking about the shots and everything and Back to the Future, and we were just all dorking out. It's a, yeah, it's a, a really good film. And, and then the way they went, you know, back and back and forth and uh, Back to the Future 2 uh, was awesome. And then who can forget the further adventures of Jules and Vern, the cartoon? You see, you thought I was going to say Back to the Future 3, but I skipped it. Uh, hey here's another movie that i don't care about coming out uh mighty morphin power rangers now so why can someone miss jen so you you sell a lot of mighty morphin power ranger merchandise right uh but mostly in comic form nowadays the last tv show from 2017 was not met with the you know audience fervor that they thought it would be obviously been a dominant franchise in action figures and uh serial television for a couple decades but do you think that warrants a big screen live action movie well i mean if they don't do the weird costumes they did this last time and they try to incorporate some of the stuff that's going on in the comic books right now they have a major bad guy lord dracon and they've got some other crazy cool stuff happening and they could totally do it but i think that they need to work on their storylines i think they tried to be a little bit weird this last time around just do power rangers that's all they need oh you might hate this because the director attached he does a lot of weird stuff you because you mentioned a little bit weird this guy's a lot of weird i i love the guy but uh the director is going to be jonathan Entwistle, who did now two comic book movies but mm-hmm. He did End of the Effing World, and I'm not okay with this. I am not okay with this was That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. 
And those are two lesser-known graphic novels. Uh, I don't know how that matches with the tone of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And honestly, if you've ever seen the fan-made film, I don't need anything else on the Power Rangers front. All right. Yes, I do remember that. I thought that's what you guys were actually talking about. I I think I saw the trailer for that, but it was a fan-made one. Yeah. It's well done. Dark, though. Dark tone. Uh, that w- that will not be the tone they're going for for this uh, wide release of this film. Uh, well, Miss Jen, it, it, it says they're probably going to draw more on the past than the present. Uh, oh. A lot of the costumes will be, um, a lot of the costumes and Zords will be represented in it. So maybe they're going to do time jumps back and forth or multiverse type stuff. But it's going to draw on, it'll be 27 years you know, later, present day, but draw on everything that's led up to this point so maybe and then uh and then there's also some comic stuff in the works but we'll get to that when we get to the comic section uh and the last bit is also comics and movie did anyone either of you get a chance to check out uh old guard on netflix i I still finish my uh my uh, warrior nun okay yeah um i I'm going to watch this. This is a, a movie based on the comic by Greg Rucka. Uh, now, that is that Image? Yes. So, uh, from Image, and this is going to... It stars Charlize Theron, which is always a plus. Uh, she's the lead character, Andy. Uh, they are all these ancient warriors, and now they're in present day and on the run from Big Pharma, who is trying to capture them to basically monetize... Um, that element that they have that allows them to live forever. So uh, it sounds awesome. And on the heels of this doing well, they have announced Atomic Blonde 2, of course, starring Charlize Theron. Uh, that's, they just signed a deal with Netflix. So I'm just as excited about that. Although I do want an Atomic Blonde, James Bond crossover called Atomic Bond. That, that's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and... I, I would love to see her paired up with Daniel Craig, but you know, since his time has probably come to an end after Bond twenty five. Shut uh, your mouth. Just like how, that dare, I- how dare you? Um, <laughs> uh, I would say I got three fourths through the old guard. Mm-hmm. It's uh, she kicks so much butt in it. It's ridiculous. Thank you. Putting that down. We'll have to the, the sword is exactly the same. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Her like axe sword thing is exactly the same as in the comic book. It's amazing. <laughs> oh sweet, <laughs> very cool. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. I don't know anything about the comic. I figured it was a comic once you see it, but I didn't know about it that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're we're about to the point now where about every third thing you see, if not every other thing you see, is going to be based on a comic here pretty soon. Just with with the amount of stuff that's getting signed and the. Uh, uh, the first right deals that people like Brian K. Vaughn uh, and James Tenion have and Image and Amazon and Neil Gaiman and just on and on and on. Like almost every other thing seems to be based on the comic, which I'm fine with because there's lots of great stuff. Uh, I would like them to go back, start going back a little further because now they're picking up stuff like it'll sell hot for two weeks and now it's got a movie. Like what about like Mouse Guard and things like that? Let's like go back a little bit and yeah. kind of yeah yeah. The Mouse uh, Guard thing Bones was has never had an adaptation. Which one? Bone. Mouse? I was gonna say Bone. I was yeah. gonna say Bone. Yes, Jeff. Smith, I would love to have seen that. Yes, for sure. But I heard that they he signed it for for something to be developed. But it, that, that's been like yeah, years and just, years. Yeah, they they have. It's just it, it takes. It seemingly takes all this older stuff so much time to get through this process, probably because it is, the ideas were already 100% you know, done, fleshed out, and then you got to sit there and figure out how to try, try to make that happen, whereas if you got a new entity, you can kind of, okay, well, we'll start with this premier issue and then kind of go off from where we, where we want from there. But um, it's a good time to be a, a, a successful comics creator because... People have to be always knocking on your door to pick the, this stuff up. To because now we're gonna have 
Uh, let's see, Peacock just launched, HBO Max just launched. Uh, there's something else that was another streaming service um, that was on its way. I'm surprised that Quibi hasn't picked up some graphic novels and comic books because you would think a lot of these uh, fast-paced comics issues-wise could be almost made, like an issue could be made into like a, a nine-minute short film. Mm-hmm. So. Way more conducive budgetarily for animation, for sure, if you want to go that route with it, which I'd love to see them stay in that world and not always jump to the live action realm, even though animation obviously costs so much uh, more, but the, the effects that they put into the old guard, I'm, I'm really blown away by how much the Netflix, even though they didn't, I guess, produce it, Skydance did, but like they really dump a lot into the CG for these things. They, for the most part, the effects are strong. Like uh, this has nothing to do with that, but y'all, do y'all see Eurovision with Will Ferrell? Yes, I did. Yeah, that, I thought that movie could have been in a theater. It was. It was. It was well done it's by the director of Wedding Crashers. It's funny. Has heart. He's back to being Will Ferrell that you remember. There, Rachel McAdams is so good, and like the budget looks massive. It makes you want to move to Iceland first of all, like immediately. You go, okay. I mean, you can go dance all you want, but can I just go live in that town there? That looks nice, like really nice. So, uh, yeah. Well, there's also this DC book I read recently that had Dark Seed in it. It was called Century Man, Millennium, what is it? Millennial Man? You know what I'm talking about? There's a bunch of old Kirby stuff, Eternal stuff, and there's a. I don't have to. Okay. Metal Man? Metal Man. Possibly. I have it on my shelf. I'd have to. But anyway, I guess it's not that good. I can't remember the damn title of it. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the Marvel DB, DC stuff has always lent itself to animation, but it seems to always kind of get scooped up by, you know, Disney and then made into, you know, a morning, a weekday morning or Saturday morning cartoon. And then DC was had a lot of their entities being uh, fleshed out into the uh, cartoon universe. But that kind of ended with the latest Justice League Dark mm-hmm. movie. So. Um, I, w- I would like to see more animated series. I mean, Bruce Tim with the stuff from Batman and Superman, but like you go, we do this thing with my buddies here that also are in the industry of like comics and kind of movies and stuff and studio night where we basically watch old Todd McFarlane, uh, how to videos and his current drawing videos and Jim Lee over the shoulder stuff. And a lot of old Stan Lee stuff where he visited like Rob Liefeld on his set, like back on the VH table of like, uh, at a comic con back in like 92 or 93 i think but um there's just there's just like a, a world with which like you see a wildcats animated series and we're like oh let's watch some of that unwatchable i mean you know, like some 90s cartoons are like hey it's cool nostalgic no it's silly it's fun this is like oh my gosh this is this was made but you go, I don't know. I mean, it's but like they just kind of botched all the properties back then. Like Image, like had they got so hot, and they just kept making, they just kept making too much. But they're also too slow with the main books, and and you know, you know. But that's a great documentary. The Image documentary on YouTube is fantastic. Yeah, I love that one. Yes, yes, very fascinating. Old world that will not happen again unless I really hope there becomes like lines at comic book stores again. But my goodness. Jen, I'm sure you do as well. Like, massive lines, please. Yes. But it's like with all the Marvel movie success and all the DC things when they get it right, you know, uh, the, the rare uh, you know instance they do get it right, like, you would think that people would go back and revisit comics where they came from. But kids are like, oh, Thor was a comic book? And you're like, yeah, you got it. Kind of upsetting sometimes. It's interesting that uh, the big blockbuster movies don't drive anyone into my store for books it's the netflix stuff they they came in for umbrella academy and witcher and and key that's what they came in for is that because there's more of a the uh the sequential series aspect of it where there's more to dive into that they were more fascinated by or was it because the depth of the storytelling was different than the marvel stuff or the dc stuff like is there more for them just to explore because they th- or they think seemingly there's more to explore with a Witcher than a let's say Iron Man, you know. 
I think maybe that they think they know about those main characters, like for Marvel and DC. I think they've been exposed to them a lot. They're like, I'm not going to learn anything new from it. But yes. when they see these other characters, they're like, when is this really, I, you know, I liked the show. I want more. So that's what they're, they're hunting for the more thing. I think I don't, they're looking to look the back history about it. They, they, they're enjoying what they're watching, but they want to know what comes next. Cool. Cool. That makes sense. Makes sense. And I also think it's almost the opposite. Like when a graphic novel, when that's all there is of those characters, or maybe like in the case of Umbrella Academy, it's like what three volumes max now. So 21 total issues. You're going into that rather than like, oh, this is Thor number one. Why is it number one? Hasn't Thor been around since 63? Yeah, well, this is volume 13. Because every time a movie comes out, we got to relaunch it because we're hoping to draw people in, but then you don't. So you kind of like alienate the readers because it's like, oh, you got to buy the new number one and the new volume with a new artist and a new writer, like every six issues. You're really lucky nowadays with things like Saga, where it's been the same writer and artist for 30 some odd issues but they have to take hiatuses because you know they're doing other things especially someone like brian k bond oh uh, so whenever his stuff finally makes it to the small screen like when why the last man finally makes it that book's gonna blow up because it's like oh wait a minute there's only you know there's like 60 issues of this this is something i can actually sit down and read you know, versus 600 or 1600, you know, um, the, the effing in the world is a graphic novel. I'm not okay with this was a graphic novel. Um, there's just, you know, all this stuff that you want to see how it trans. It's, it's just sort of the age old, like, is it better than the book? Is the book better than the movie? It's the same, it's the same type. You know, you've had this going on in book fans for ever since movies have been made, but now it's kind of new to comic fans because, they're seeing like, oh, wait a minute, you translated no, this this book is 162 illustrated pages and you made it into a 90 minute movie. So I already know there's going to be more in this book, but I want to see what the differences are. The best example to me is Watchmen, because even though I thought the movie was uh, about the best they could do with that insanely complicated story, if you pair that movie with that. 12 issue you know graphic novel with the hbo series so it's it's a phenomenal entity and that hbo series just like was somehow able to take both of those not insult your intelligence on either and then like build into something you never imagined possible it's so true and every single one of those episodes of watchmen kept getting better and better and the sound editing it of that episode where, uh, what was the silver guy's name? The mirror, mirror dude. He slides into and under in into the into the uh, in the street there into the the vent, and you're like, oh my, the sewer. And you're like, the, when they had the music going with, I mean, this this is fantastic filmmaking done for the. Again, we are so treated with some of these shows that put such production value into TV shows. They clearly see. That there's so much uh, money to be had, uh, or or whatever it is, you know, uh, in a way to entertain their audiences. But uh, such a fine production. I, I I only remember Watchmen's. My favorite thing about Watchmen is the opening titles. To be honest, it was it was great, but the opening title sequence was like legend in the title sequence design world for for a while when that came out. So cool. I as far as the movie goes, I also think they nailed the. Um the scene that was the series of panels with Dr. Manhattan, you know, sitting on the planet out, out alone in space and the whole explanation of how he sees time and how that comes to pass, which of course was mastered on the HBO uh, show with uh, a God walks into a bar, which if you pronounce it wrong, you're going to ruin that episode for people. But I'll just say a bar and leave it at that. But that it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So, Miss Jen, did, when when a TV show gets a lot of buzz like that, does that draw? Did, were people coming in for Watchmen based on the HBO show, or was it too hard to tell? Um, Watchmen's always been so popular; it's like a super evergreen for the store. We have to watch and make sure we always have like four or five copies because they'll disappear. As people like, feel like everybody sh should have that in their collection by now, but as people. 
uh, like they're exposed to it in in college often. Like people will make it require reading just because of the political nature of it, which is smart. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't for for Watchmen. I don't think I've I've seen that drive between the show and the book the way that I've seen it for other small press stuff. Do you, do you think you, you mentioned specifically Umbrella Academy and I, while they have powers in that book, I wouldn't consider that a superhero book Mm-mm. because it's not like Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Hulk. Um, so do you feel that like with smaller publisher stories that those create more interest or just in the, in the sense of like someone wants to jump into a universe Umbrella Academy, that's it. Like, you don't have to, there's not going to be any crossovers. There's not going to be any just like tie in books. It's just that. Like, do you find that they just like that simple, like, okay, there's three volumes of this and I'm done? Maybe a little bit. I was just thinking about it in terms of what the age group they're aimed toward is. That maybe that when you look at Lock and Key and Umbrella Academy and those, they're aimed at a late teen college age kiddo or young person that would have disposable income that they would want to come and get their own thing then it's different than just the general audience to me like oh it's just another thing to think about in their day that there may be a little more um cultured in what they're hunting down Mm. now has any interest picked up in doom patrol because of the success not only with the first season but now that it's on hbo max there's a lot more eyes on that season one and season two is phenomenal so people talk about it but i haven't seen any uptick in the desire for the core material and also those books are super weird i mean the show's super weird but in like a a good a good way but the grant morrison stuff gets really heady so and and then and then the guy who wrote Umbrella Academy, which I was trying to see if there were time. If I was trying to see if someone who came in to get Umbrella Academy would, would come back later and go, hey, Gerard Way wrote this. What else has he written? Because he just, you know, finished out his series on on Doom Patrol. And I don't know if people I don't know if they connect the dots like that, because you may not if if that was one of the first trades you bought was Umbrella Academy, you may not be at that point where you're like, I have to get something else by this writer. You know, could it, you know, may not be thinking in that mindset, but uh, typically if I read like two good things by a writer, then I'm always going to want to read their next thing. So that's, that's kind of my hook. So. Did, um, you, did you get involved in comics early for the, for, for the story, for the characters, for the art? Was it a combination of the three? Because, you know, wh- where was it for y'all? Was it like a certain moment when you go, okay, I love character, I love this character, and then that opened it up, you know? For me, uh, my early love of comic books was all uh, Marvel. It just feel, felt like real human drama. I like that, mm-hmm. that Marvel spent a lot of time on their character development and less time on the fight scene, which is what puts me to sleep. So I cared about them a lot. And I, you know, mm. I still to this day am super mad about Scott Summers. I wish he would just go away because <laughs> in the back of my mind, I always wanted Gene and Logan to get together. And it's never going to change for me because of the way that was what was going on when I first started reading the books. And so I have like a real emotional like buy in there. Mm. And then for me was was Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Iceman, Firestar, Stanley's voice, and then and that that was that was that was it. Like I, I was I was Spider-Man through and through. That I was done. And then I think uh, five years ago now, I was in a situation where I was at Alamo City Con. I was eating breakfast. I was minding my own business. Stanley sits at a table three feet from me with a security guard. And he's just talking, Stanley's talking to this guy the whole time. And I'm just like closing my eyes, listening to his voice going, this is so surreal. And then some guy in a suit came and bothered him for his autograph while he was eating his oatmeal. And I was like, don't do it, dude. But I couldn't stop. Oh, that's such a great memory. But yeah, it was was just so surreal because like you're not trying to eavesdrop. You're just like, 
oh my gosh, this voice of my childhood is like talking. It's not talking to me, but I, I just, you can't block out that voice. Like it was just a one of a kind voice. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, but that, but that was it. And then, um, and then Larry Hama on GI Joe, like Marvel volume one. And that, and that was probably more through the toys and snake eyes and my whole thing with wolves, you know, snake eyes had his pet wolf timber, uh, but that Marvel run was fantastic. The cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I know he does. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> OG Snake Eyes and Flint uh, up on my shelf, my my trophy shelf here. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I can't remember who made them, but I've got the the mini bus of uh, Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, and Scarlet on my bookshelf. So. So. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm super excited. They're finally making a six inch GI Joe. Are they really? Oh, they are. Like the classifieds, just in the same mold as uh, from Hasbro, same molds as the Marvel Legends. So, well, wasn't that he? That's how big they were originally, right? And then they uh, that, were called like figures, or they didn't want to be called dolls. I love that toys that made us. They go, we don't want to be called dolls. That's what Barbies are. These are action figures, you know. Yeah. And they were bigger, and they had the cloth, and everything, and then they made them smaller because they had like the bodies of some other toy, right, or something. Yeah, and it, it always had to say Kung Fu Grip. <laughs> that's right absolutely yeah they, but yeah they were the eight inch dolls the, these are more like the current marble legends line so you know 32 points of articulation all that stuff but have you no, been that, that was it spider-man and gi joe that's have what you got been happy with uh, the way spider-man has been depicted in the films and which ones are your favorites which oh, which, I'm, which actor i'm a big fan of uh tom holland He's cool. I, really, I think that's like the the kind of the, the young naive Peter Parker running around a, a high school, and then uh, I liked I liked Tobey Maguire. I mean, I like Andrew Garfield uh, as an actor. I just thought the it was just convoluted, and the whole Gwen Stacy thing. It was cool to see that on the screen, but I don't know if they earned it. And then it's like, what do you do from that point on? I mean, Spider Man is just such a complicated character, but to me, it doesn't get any better than. Um, the second one with Tobey Maguire, the, the Doctor Octopus, it was amazing. I, like I, that's, I that's how you write a comic book movie. <laughs> like that's I, it. I so. knew clearly what I, I wanted until I saw Miles Morales, and then my heart was totally taken over. I'm on my man, oh man, yeah. Uh, I need to watch the Tobey Maguire ones again. Uh, my buddy's working on Spider Verse two, and he was a he was a concept artist for the first one, and uh, he was a Dallas guy also. His name's Yashar Kasai, and uh, he's in charge of. Uh, can I give a spoiler alert? There's a. Do you guys care? You already know this. They already, already teased it in the last one. There's a future. There's a future verse. Not not a big surprise. Turn up again. Yeah, but so he's the the head of concepting for that future verse right now, and we hung out on Saturday, socially distant, of course, with the mask on. But he was telling me how much pressure he's feeling to reinvent the artwork of Sid Mead in a way that has not been seen before on screen. And I'm like, God, dude, are you sleeping at all? You know, like <laughs> he just is feeling it because even. Phil Lord or Chris Miller came out and said on Twitter that the new movie makes the old movie right now look quaint. <laughs> but he's what he's seen from Spider-Verse 2 makes the old one look quaint. But that's what I really liked about the Spider-Verse. It was a kid in Brooklyn. Fig, it was small. I mean, it was, a, it was an uncle, it was a dad. I mean, who did that? That, that movie was so powerful and visually unbelievable. Unbelievable. Still get referenced that constantly from clients asking if we can do something like Spider-Verse on, on style frames. And they're talking about the cutscenes that uh, Al Alberto Mieglia did before he left, the guy that did The Witness for Love, Death, Robots. He, he left because, and he actually, this is a story that he left a blow-up Spider-Man in his chair with a noose around its neck, and he said, death by lack of vision. And, and he left the project, and then they aped his look you know and that's the way that he draws and he does these these kind of freeze frames of that kinetic like halftone dot pattern with like the typography behind it and just like so radical in the middle of a cg film that you, you've not seen before in an animated an animated piece like that incredible mm. mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I, I think I'm glad that that Miles Morales uh, spearheaded that one. That that that's the way to do it. Like, uh, it it was so much better to be in like such an innovative film, and everyone's just like, "What is this?" Than just kind of putting him as a tertiary character in like the third Tom Holland movie or something. So I I really wish that uh, they would maybe maybe on the well on the DC side would be great, but just. They would try to reinvent themselves like that with well, like those animated features, and it just doesn't happen as much. DC is just so all over the place with their films. Yeah, Joker to me rocked. So did so many other people loved it. Then you go Justice League, dreadful. If we see Superman punch through one more building, you talk about boring action, Miss Jen. Superman versus Batman had the most boring action, or Justice League, whatever it was. You combine them, they're the same movie. I don't even know what's happening. You know? <laughs> and does anybody really think this director's cut of Zack Snyder's going to be... A, it's If it's still the same footage, what are you going to cut? Now they're teasing Darkseid in it? That's not a director's cut. That's called a new movie. Yep. They're putting, yeah. like, 50 or 70 million into, like, redoing... And you're going, what? What? I don't know, man. I think Snyder's the best when he uses trade paperbacks as his templates. 300, Watchmen. Just follow the formula when he's left to his own devices. I think he's a hell of a salesman. I think he can talk his way out of any room. I think that people want to believe him. He's, I think he speaks very eloquently. I think he's very charming. And I think he won over DC and Warner Brothers. And I think that those movies were garbage. And did you see what's like coming out with like Cyborg saying that uh, Joss Whedon was a weirdo and stuff on set? Like all kinds of stuff is going on now with that. It's like wild. So, yeah, I, I, I also did see that, you know, you're talking about X-Men with Gene Gray. I hope that what you're talking about happens with Disney's new Marvel Disney taking X-Men and maybe figuring out how to catapult that into that realm, Miss Jen, which would be really cool. You know, a new Wolverine all these characters, you know, potentially. Let's do it. There's a lot of more storylines that they've got out there. They can totally, they've, they've, they've got years and years of material to still use. I'm as far as Disney and Disney plus go, I'm, I'm really excited about the what if series. Cause then we're getting like 30 animated episodes from the Marvel universe. And I'm sure people are going to be snatching up those what-if issues if they haven't already. But um, that's the kind of thing I want to see more of. Like, I, I want to see the Moon Knight series. I want to see Miss Marvel. I want to see She-Hulk. I just want them to delve fully into these characters. Who signed on for Moon Knight? Didn't they cast him or no? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, no, they, they still have... I mean, same as far as I know with Miss Marvel and She-Hulk. Like, no, no big... Uh, Casting news like uh, Kate Bishop had been rumored for a while, but then the Jeremy Renner stuff popped up, and now you know they don't know his what he's going to be doing, right? In that show, and so uh, yeah, and, and all this stuff has been sidelined too. You know, just like they're just trying to figure figure everything out uh, going to the future because they've had to push back all the studio films. I mean, Black Widow was supposed to be out what in April, and now it's. Is it November, December? I don't know. I'm hoping that they don't get pushed back till next year, but I mean, we're like two clicks away from that happening. Yep, agreed. Agreed. Well, hey, this has been uh, awesome talking to you uh, about all this stuff, and clearly uh, we just all geek out about this every week, but it's fun to have someone new, so when I tell my Dragon Ball Z joke for the 90th time, uh, it might get a chuckle. Um, so, so, so Justin, thanks for being on. And Miss Jen, uh, we've already gone an hour, but just hit us with some uh, comic book stuff to look forward to. Uh, whether it's, uh, I know you did your orders three weeks ago, but if, if anything big on Wednesday or the next week or the weeks to come. I think it's Empire number one this week. Finally, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's another big number one that I can't remember what it is. No, my brain. <laughs> My problem is that before the show, I do FOC, which is final looks at books three weeks out. So I remember that more because I just looked at that. <laughs> mm. Oh, and Miss Jen, speaking of Empire, you were on the Marvel YouTube channel on Paul Shear's show. And Paul you were the dude. 
And you were awesome on there. You you were awesome. Like when he asked you to talk about Empire, it was like, yeah, that's Miss Jen. There you go. My favorite thing to do is to go on interviews with people that don't know me or how long I've been in the industry. And they ask me a question and I'm sure they're thinking I'm going to give the pat answer. I really liked X-Men number one. <laughs> Wolverine's butt. No. I'm like, I'm deep into the lore. And you can see it in his face when he asks those questions. He's like, what just happened? <laughs> cool. Yeah, but that was on uh, so great. Marvel's YouTube channel with Paul Shear, and I think it's World's Biggest Book Club, the most recent last week's episode. So check that out. Um, and then we got some uh, Venom news, which has been a trend all year with Donny Cates, of course. Uh, the King in Black. Yeah. So that's going to be due in December. Know anything about that yet? Uh, it's really made everyone want to buy everything Venom. <laughs> Especially Venom number three, which has the first null. And then his last issue of Thor is supposed to like destroy our minds. So uh, it's like fever pitch right now for all those books. Yeah, so this is basically Noel being awakened and finding everybody, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what they're pitching it as. Uh, there's going to be tie-ins. There's going to be its own miniseries. Uh, that'll, issue one of that will be December 20th. So that's something to look forward to. And then uh, Charlie Adler's new book, I'm excited about it, digital only. Uh, but he's doing another pandemic book. Have you heard about this yet? Oh, no. Tell me more. Going from Walking Dead. Now, this might, uh, you were talking, Justin, earlier about maybe being uh, too, too much on the nose with Twister as far as disasters and stuff. But Charlie Adler is betting that you will read his book and art about a pandemic. And it is called. Planet, Planet Divock 9-1. So obviously COVID-19 uh, in there. And it's basically if you're between the ages of something like 18 and 26, there's a pandemic on Earth and you were shipped off to this planet to try to save humanity. Mm -hmm. uh, he is doing this with uh, a number of well-known artists. I remember uh, Leslie Hung, which is uh, girl. And then uh, I think... Uh, there, there's a lot of big artists and, and writers over there, but this is going to be digital only. Uh, it's And it's actually funded uh, by several scientific organizations over in the UK. So this is supposed to be like educational and kind of open your mind to, hey, the pandemic is serious. Please take this seriously. But within the story of, you know, outer space and monsters and things. Uh, so that's going to be available on Webtoons this Wednesday, July 15th for free, at least for the first issue so right very cool i will go back on what i said about twister by the way because i realized i watched contagion uh <laughs> yeah. the second month of lockdown and i loved it i was like this is a documentary <laughs> they how did they do this 10 years ago this is crazy and they just said the yeah that was pretty good they just said the who oh and and then Outbreak was trending like two months ago too. So I guess people just like to, I don't know, be in that mind of thought. I don't know. Yeah. At the end you're going, you go, see, I told you it came from a pig, just like that movie. That's like <laughs> movie did it. That's where it came from. Got it. Well, uh, Miss Jen, anything else to wrap it up? No, I can't think of anything. It's been a crazy week, man. Yeah, well, it's been a crazy year, month day whatever this is uh it's been a crazy decade starting 2020 yeah so uh oh and justin what about you any last nerd thoughts or uh and and please let us know your your website and anything you're coming up uh on work wise sure sure uh it's klaus studios across all socials that see laus like santi klaus uh studios.com and on instagram uh, look out for the Overwatch marketing stuff, Overwatch uh, commercials, and all their graphics for the fall uh, OWL on NBC. I think it's going to be on. Just crazy to think about esports that big, but that's going to be rad. And the Army stuff is out there now on YouTube, which I designed. And hopefully, we get this Kawhi Leonard thing. So we'll see. But other than that, I'm still just, uh, I can't wait for Comic Con online. I'm going to have, I think I'm going to have a booth virtual booth on Saturday. Uh, I miss it so much. And a lot of the folks that on Twitter 
if you you, you fall, I'll, I'll be going live on Twitch and, and have a bunch of prints and things and probably be doing some commissions, most likely Deadpool. Um, and so uh, we'll go from there. But yeah. But will your mom be there? That's the only thing I care about. I know. I know. <laughs> I, that's what everybody says. Thanks a lot, Jen. Thank you, Miss Jen. <laughs> I'm going to go to the FC, guys. I'm just going to go and fall out this window real quick. <laughs> But she loves that people like her like that. And then she signed autographs before. And she goes, oh, don't you remember that I signed it too? I go, mom, I know you did. In fact, this dude had me sign this one uh, DVD with Ryan Reynolds' autograph on it. I signed it. And then he goes, have her sign it. I go, I go mom, sign over his name. She goes, no, I think I should. He's a real jerk. Ah. It's pretty cool. So she, read Justin's, she writes Justin's mom. <laughs> too good anyway thank you guys so much for having me uh really you guys are awesome so so stinking knowledgeable and fun to, to dork out on these things it's really cool well thank you justin and thank you miss jen as always and thank you the audience for watching nerd news now part of the kingdom of geekdom all woodlands online sponsored by space cadets collection collection and the adventure begins uh, be sure to check out our other shows on Woodlands Online, Taste Buds, Music Cafe, Venture Begin Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Weekly Fallout Sports Talk, and Between the Trees Business Talk. You can watch these on woodlandsonline.com and on our partner station, KBQT HD 21 over the air on your TV. All these shows and more on Roku right now. Just go to Roku, search Woodlands Online TV, and add that channel to your streaming lineup. You can also listen to the audio versions of our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts from. See you next time on Nerd News Now. Well done.